Welcome to the Creating Your Beautiful Life podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. I'm an invisible illness warrior, kidney transplant recipient, speech and language expert, mom to four, and life coach for people who have gone through incredible health challenges. On this podcast, I teach you how to move forward from difficulty and disappointment into joy and abundance as you take charge of creating your own beautiful life. Hi, everyone. I am so glad you're joining me on the podcast again. I love meeting new people. It's one of the reasons why it's a good thing I'm an Air Force wife, because we go everywhere. (laughs) And I also love keeping up relationships with people I already know. So whatever category you're in, I'm happy to see you here. This past weekend, we took the kids apple picking and they really loved it. The cute little farm we went to had a sunflower patch and a pumpkin patch that we had to pass by while we walked to go get the apples. I love that it's so cool that you need a jacket, but by the afternoon, the sun has come out. I'm really a warm weather person, but I do like these cooler fall temps too. Okay, you ready for this week's episode? It's all about failing. Your favorite topic, right? Please don't turn this off immediately. I know that failing can seem like a four-letter word, and I guess fail is, so there you go. I think there's this notion that if you fail in life, that you are a failure. So we're going to take a look at this concept and dissect it today. To start off, I'd like you to consider the definition of failure. The way I like to define failure that I learned from one of my mentors, Brooke Castillo, is that failure is when the expectations that you had for yourself or others were not met. That's what we consider a failure. You had expectations that you had for yourself and you didn't meet them. Or you had expectations for other people or circumstances And those were not met. It's not some big scary thing like we make it out to be. Failing is a skill. It's just learning how to love yourself instead of berating yourself after your expectation isn't met. The funny thing, though, is that in order to avoid failure, when I tell people this definition, a lot of times people will try to solve for the failure by deciding they need to drop or lower their expectations. And yes, that might be helpful in some instances, but what if you decide to keep the expectation for yourself and just decide to not beat yourself up afterward if you don't meet the expectation? Or not beat up the other person, in your mind hopefully, if they don't meet the expectation? We're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the podcast. Okay, so if failing is not meeting an expectation that you had for yourself or others, then what does success look like? Success just means that you have met the expectation or others have met the expectation that you had for yourself or them. So often I see people wanting to be successful, but they've never even taken the time to define what that actually means to them. They're only used to beating themselves up for when they fail 
which funny enough, they may not really have known an expectation for that failure either. We just kind of know I'm failing or I'm succeeding without ever knowing exactly why, without trying to uncover why they're determined to feel either way. And I think this just comes from not having clarity or a goal that you're working towards. When everything is feeling pretty nebulous, you don't really have anything to aim at. So nothing really feels done. If you think about a magnifying glass, if you hold it over a pile of dry, dead leaves on the hottest day of the year, nothing is going to happen if you keep moving the glass around. But when you hold still and focus the light on one point, you're eventually going to start a fire. It's the same way with our lives. We're running around doing all the things and then we see the leaves that haven't caught on fire and we wonder why. Then we call ourselves a failure because we haven't clarified our focus. We've kept the target moving and are wondering why we can't hit it. Okay, so the first thing you want to do is to, is to define what you want your focus to be. For me, for a long time, my focus was on improving my health. I tried just about every health-promoting thing there was for me to do. Meditation, elimination diets, supplements, exercising, praying, playing, being in nature, going to the doctor, following the doctor's advice. You get the picture. Maybe there could have been a way to prevent it from happening. After my surgery, there were complications. In fact, much of my transplanted kidney had scarring and tissue death prior to and right after the surgery. It took 49 days for my new kidney to start to filter out the toxins in my blood. For those of you not familiar with kidney disease and kidney transplants, many times the kidney starts to work right on the table before they even close the patient. Okay, I will tell you right then, not only did my transplant feel like a failure because it had not lived up to my expectations, but I felt like a failure. I knew this kidney was going to keep me off dialysis, but I was really disappointed in how the surgery had turned out because I had had such different expectations of what would happen in my body. I had thought the hard part would be dealing with the medicine, not that the kidney might not recover full function. That had never entered my mind. Now, why do I tell this story? Because so often when things don't turn out how we had expected them to, we often decide to turn all those negative thoughts and emotions inward. We don't want to feel disappointed and hopeless, so we distract ourselves. In my previous episode, you can hear about why it's so important to let ourselves feel and process those negative emotions. And that's because if we don't do that, then we might find ourselves doing things we don't want to do. We're having those buffering behaviors I had talked about, like overeating, binging Netflix, over drinking, scrolling through social media, and anything else that distracts you that gives you a net negative in your life. And what I want to tell you is that this is optional. What I went through was hard, but just because it didn't meet my expectations doesn't mean that I was a failure. 
I didn't need to take on the role of someone who habitually fails and then makes it mean something negative about themselves. It takes time to grieve and process things that don't go how we expect or want them to. But just because we could say that my transplant failed to meet my expectations doesn't mean that I wouldn't do it again in a heartbeat. The benefits far outweigh the bad. And I know that now, even if I didn't then. So I had a focus of taking care of my body and being as healthy as possible. My goal was to take care of me. And it entailed me getting a nearly non-functioning kidney transplant. But I kept my focus on getting me healthy. It didn't turn out the way that I had planned. My plans to not get a kidney transplant or to get a healthy transplant both failed. And yes, I did in those moments let it mean terrible things about the person that I was. I had lots of negative self-talk, shame, and doubt. It wasn't until I let myself really get coached on my experience three months later that I realized how much anger I had built up around the situation. Once I let myself process the anger and all the other grieving feelings that were under the anger, that's when I really began to make a full recovery. And that experience taught me that I was ready to learn a different way to look at failure. So let's talk about it a little bit. Why do we think it's okay to feel badly about ourselves and our bodies? That it's okay to do this to ourselves? It's because it's what we're comfortable with and what we're used to. We're used to thinking thoughts that make us feel badly about ourselves. It's a habit. It's what our brain is used to interpreting from all the facts in our lives. Nothing has gone wrong. It's just that all that additional suffering is unnecessary. And on, on some level, we know this. We know we're going to feel the pain of grief one way or another. We may even know there's a cleaner way to do it than buffering or, and trying to dull our senses. But our mind may not have fully learned that the way is through, not around our emotions. Like I said, if you need help processing negative emotions, please go back and listen to the previous episode on that. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears for a minute. So if we don't know what we're focused on, then anything goes. Just like in the magnifying glass example. Now I'd like to introduce a tool that I like to use that's called your minimum baseline. It's basically what's your lowest level of expectation is for yourself. If you're thinking about your body, what is the minimum baseline that you'll accept for exercising, eating your food, sleeping, connecting to your higher power, really anything. Because when you don't set a minimum baseline, just like I was talking about earlier with failure, your brain might trick you into thinking you're failing just because you don't know what your expectation is because you're constantly moving it. The way to get around this constant conclusion of I'm a failure is simple. Just make a decision. Let's take exercise for example. What is your minimum baseline for exercise right now? Mine has varied throughout the years, 
But after having some serious health challenges recently, I've decided that my minimum baseline is 10 minutes a day, at least five days a week. That means I get my exercise clothes on, or even lounge clothes, depends on the day, and turn on a YouTube video for 10 minutes. I know that if I started out with 30 to 45 minute exercises right now, while my body is recuperating, that I'm going to give up really easily because my body has lost some strength. I also know that 10 minutes in my mind is too easy not to do it. As I gain strength, I will decide my minimum baseline after that. Maybe it'll be 15 minutes a day for five five days in a couple weeks. Who knows? I'm just trying to be kind to my body and strengthen her. I'm not punishing her for getting anemic and really nauseous and tired a couple of months ago. I'm taking care of her now in the way that feels like love to me. So what happens if I dip below my minimum baseline? It means I failed. I did not meet my expectation. Now I have a decision to make about what I'm going to make that fail mean about me. Am I now taking on the identity of a failure, someone who habitually fails? Am I looking at my situation with love and trying to figure out why so I can troubleshoot the issue and bring myself back up to my minimum baseline? Because both options are possible. I challenge you to think about the areas in your life that you feel like you're failing in right now. Maybe it's bedtime with the kids. Maybe it's bedtime for yourself. Think about those areas and set a minimum baseline for yourself too. Make the decision today. What is the lowest level you are willing to accept as a success? Maybe if it's bed for yourself, the minimum baseline could be being physically in your bed by 10 o'clock, even if you aren't asleep yet. Who knows? Only you get to decide what success will look like for you. Okay, for the final part of this podcast, I'm going to talk about impossible goals. In my coach training, we talked about setting impossible goals. It's setting a goal that feels out of your reach, but that you're excited about doing. In fact, I set one and I'm dedicated to going after it. I have a specific date and a specific target of what I want to hit. And I know that by August 2nd, 2022, I'm going to have either reached it or not. And believe me, it's a big goal for me. One that I'm not sure that I will reach, but that I want to practice believing that I can. Because when I get in that belief energy of anything is possible, I start taking some crazy actions that just might work to get me to reach my goal. But what I'm not going to do is lower the expectation of my goal. If I don't meet it by August 2nd, 2022, I will have failed. Instead of making that mean something negative about me, all I'm going to do is extend the date and keep the expectation the same. Because maybe there are things that I don't know about why it would take longer than I thought. Maybe I need to grow in some areas and it's going to take me longer to get there. I really don't know. What I do know is that I've already decided ahead of time to not not beat myself up if I don't get there 
I will not be mean to myself. I will love myself through the process and do what it takes to grow me into the person who has reached my goal. Because my goal is so specific, I'm able to take advantage of that focus, just like the focus of the magnifying glass on the dead leaves. I'm not going to get distracted by other things. So I can take all my energy and put it into this goal. And also, since it is so specific, I will be able to know when I have succeeded because I can factually tell if I have met my expectation. So if you choose to set an impossible goal for yourself, don't lower your expectations. Just lengthen your vision if you need to. Because if you feel like you have a dream in your heart, then it really doesn't matter how long it takes to grow you into the person you need to be to achieve that goal. There's so much we can't predict that can happen in our lives, but we can always choose how we are going to relate to ourselves. Are we going to love or shame ourselves? Because that is a decision we can make ahead of time. The difference is knowing if you're going to have your own back, even if you don't meet your expectations. That's what true confidence is. Knowing that you can go all in on your dreams and that you're going to always have you, no matter what. You're going to show yourself unconditional love no matter what. Having my own back means that I see myself and all the hard effort I put into my goal And I'm going to reward myself for doing that instead of berating myself if I don't reach my goal by the time I want to. It also means that I'll accept that maybe I used to beat myself up, but now I realize there's another way. And that's the way that I want to choose. Okay, my friends, I hope this episode has given you a little different perspective on how to look at failure, how to help yourself succeed, and how to love yourself through all of it. Until next week. Also, if you haven't had a chance to leave me a five-star review, please do it today so that more people can find this podcast. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, what are you waiting for? Let's coach together today. Hope you have a wonderful week creating beauty wherever you go.